0: Welcome to Cards and Controllers, a podcast for gamers. In this episode, Session Zero and Core Combos. So grab your controllers, shuffle your decks. It's about to get nerdy. Welcome to Episode 2 of Cards and Controllers. I'm your host, Matt. In this episode, we'll be talking about Session Zero and its impact on your game. And we'll be talking about some core 2021 combos and some reprints that they've done. So let's get into it. So let's start with D&D. So Session Zero for those who have never played D&D before is bringing the group together before any game is played and discussing uh, their characters, their backgrounds, helping each other build your characters, um, teaching the group lore within your world, and really getting the players to know each other and bring together the group for a great dynamic and a great game. So I've been playing D&D for well over 20 years now, and I've played with many different DMs and many different players. but. The games I enjoyed the most are the ones where we all built our characters together and had that initial session zero. I find that you become more invested in the party as a whole if you all started making your characters and helped each other make them and you learn a bit of the lore as you're making your character and the DM can know more about your character and give you the information that that character would need. So I've also been DMing for the past three years for two different groups. And in the first group that I DMed for, it was a very new DM, and we didn't have that session zero. And I found the characters didn't really mesh well together. Um, There was a few differences in character opinions, and a lot of backstory had been told as we played. So they didn't really have a know of where they were coming from why they're doing this and even now after playing for about a year and a half with this group off and on that there's still no true cohesion with the group and partly i blame that on me being a new dm i've learned a lot in the in the three years that i've been a dm But with my second group that I made, we all had, like, I had that Session Zero. And the Session Zero was amazing. They all helped each other build characters, and I kind of gave the lore, as I knew, more about their characters. Um, As they told me, say, one is a monk, I told that person more about the monk society. And with... The orcs in the group, I gave them the lore of the orcs and where they would come from. It really helped the players get more into the characters. And with this group, we've been playing for about half a year before COVID. And it was a very tight group. They really worked well in combat because they really helped each other. Make the characters and gave suggestions for spells, abilities, weapons, and I found that it was a lot easier to roleplay the second group, probably because of all the experience I gained from the first time I DM'd. But I think a lot of it came from them just being together during creation. Um, So... Some of the tips and tricks that I've learned over the years for Session Zero is have your lore planned out. Have it all in a book and then put that book aside and focus on the area they're going to be in. You don't want to drown the players in 70 pages of lore that they're probably not going to figure out or even find out. You also don't want to drown the character in way too much relevant information that their characters wouldn't know. So, say my player was a human fighter from a small town. I would give them information that came from that town and maybe hints or rumors of things going around the human capital from traders, things like that. I find that that would be a lot better than dumping the whole world's history onto their players. Now, if a player was playing a wizard or someone with a knowledgeable background, I would give them a lot more information because that character would know a lot more than the rest. Whereas if someone were playing a hermit druid, I wouldn't give them much information besides um, flora, fauna, Um, And if they did pick the hermit background, what they learned while being a hermit. That's one of my tricks that I... It never really failed for me. So another big thing that I found is the meeting of the group. So the first group I played with as a DM, um, a bunch of us already knew each other and there was two new players who still knew everybody else so it was really easy for us to get together have the first session and just go from there because everybody knew each other whereas the second group it was myself and my wife two people we knew from work and one person i knew from another game and then we had a brand new player who hadn't met any of us so the session zero really helped us meet have a conversation about just who we are, how's everything going, just a normal conversation before we got into the nitty gritty of D and D, and I found that it really helped the the uh, the environment. And I've played in a bunch of games where it was just one shots, didn't know anybody, and I felt really awkward, so I couldn't play my character to the full potential of what my character what I wanted my character to be I also find that it helps if there's something other than D&D going on whether it be snacks drinks uh, a conversation while off on the sidelines of two people and it's really good to just have that break in the game session zero or any game uh, 15, 20-minute break where you don't talk about D&D, you're just talking to each other. Because it gets a sense of more personal than D&D. It's more, more becoming friends than just strictly gaming buddies. So the next thing I want to talk about is the character building. So during the session zero, character building is a lot of fun. Well, let's face it, character building anytime is a lot of fun, whether you're playing in a game or not. But Session Zero really allows people to synergize their characters really well. Whether it be a tiefling rogue that is a frontline fighter with an evocation mage who deals in fire, throwing fireballs, and the rogue doing the roguey thing and dodging everything. Or to a buff cleric who focuses on improving his party's defenses and having a barbarian who just goes absolutely crazy on the enemies. Having more than one suggestion during character building is huge. You could build a million characters and each of them will have their own thing. Their own thing that they do. But I find when you make a character with somebody else, you start thinking of things that you wouldn't think of any other time. Like, I would be thinking of a fighter using a sword and shield. Typical fighter. Whereas the person beside me says, well, instead of a sword, why don't you take a spear? Therefore, you can have an initial throw and then pull out your sword. Like, things like that really help flesh a character out for not only yourself, but the group in a whole. You don't want five people showing up to a game with pre-made characters, and every single one of them is a caster. Sure, it could work, but as soon as you find things that are immune to magics, like certain magic, or something that gets right up in your face, it's going to be a lot harder for the party. Whereas if a party split up with different classes that each have their own thing that they do, that synergizes well with the person beside them, it definitely makes for much better combat and a lot of better role-playing opportunities as if everybody's a different class, different background. Even, di- even the same class with a different subclass could make really interesting dynamics. So, like I said, uh, session zero super important and i would love to see a lot more people do it um i know a lot of people have a million character ideas and when they hear about a new game they just rush in make a character and submit it to the dm you can go about that but i find the session zero just makes the game that much more enjoyable that much more player friendly So let's switch gears and talk about Magic the Gathering. So they just brought out their Core 2021 set. And I just went to a pre-release. And I gotta say, it's been one of my favorite sets. There's a lot of great reprints. There's also a lot of great full art cards. The art is absolutely gorgeous for this set. The foil jobs just seem to be top tier with this set. Now, I'm going to be talking about uh, a few combos that I found for the core set. Now, these aren't only core set cards. They're going to be mixed with a few older sets. I'm also going to be talking about some reprints that they've done that I found that look really great now. So, the first thing that I'm going to be talking about is a combo here that has um, the Torment of Hailfire plus the Cadaverous Bloom, plus Peer into the Abyss. So the new card here is the Peer into the Abyss. So the Peer into the Abyss, you choose a target, and they draw half of their deck, rounded up every time. Now, Torment of Hailfire deals damage by spending mana. Whereas the Cadaverous Bloom, you remove a card from your hand from game, and, and you get two green to black now this combo you would peer into the abyss to draw half of your own deck then use the cadaver's bloom remove all of the cards you just drew half your deck in a commander game you know that's 50 60 cards depending on the amount of cards you have and then you use torment to deal a ton of damage to the players uh, that's a great way to kick off a great combo and really take control of the game So the next combo I have here is dual caster mage and sublime epiphany. So what I would do in this situation is Flash out the dual caster mage and then cast sublime epiphany now sublime epiphany has five different things that you can do or you can do all five of those things and one of those things is create tokens and draw cards So what you would do with this is you create a token of the dual caster mage and draw a card. And then you would use that dual caster mage token to create another copy of Supply and Epiphany. Rinse, repeat for infinite draw. So the next one I have is Solemnity and nine lives. Nine lives is the new card. And with nine lives, you prevent all damage and you put a counter on nine lives. When you get nine counters, you destroy it. But with Solemnity. You can't gain counters at all, so the nine lives would prevent all the damage and the solemnity would prevent the counter from going on there. Therefore you have a way to block all incoming damage in any type of game, whether it be commander or standard. So the next one I have here is Underworld Dreams and Peer Into the Abyss. I have to say this Peer Into the Abyss comes up in a lot of combos I was researching um, and a lot of combos that even I thought of. So. The Underworld Dreams would deal damage for each card drawn, and Pure from the Abyss makes them draw half their deck. So, you can easily take them down by a great chunk just by using this combo. Also, Necosar the Mind Razor would work the exact same with Pure into the Abyss, so if you want a great legendary creature to have for this combo, that'd be a great choice. So, another Pure into the Abyss one, this one is with uh, Psychic Corrosion. So this is a perfect mill win con. So each player would put two cards into the graveyard for every one you draw. So playing the Psychic Corrosion and then dropping a peer into the Abyss, they'd be discarding their entire deck when you're only drawing half. It's a great win con if you can pull it off. And with the mana cost, it's, it's a little heavy, but it's not that bad so if you really want to have a mill deck you should have this combination in there so those are only a few of if not millions of combinations of the new cards coming out Um, i didn't mention a lot because i feel like i don't want to do too many spoilers for the people who haven't had a chance to grab some core 2021 but if you have a chance grab a pre-release pack grab a bundle if you're into buying boxes, grab a box. Um, it's a lo- really worth it, and the art, as I said, looks absolutely stunning. So the next thing I'm going to say is a few reprints that they did of note. Um, the first one, starting with Grim Tutor. The Grim Tutor full art looks absolutely phenomenal. It's an amazing card as is, and now that they've reprinted it, I'm going to say that it's going to see a lot of play with the new set. Uh, Another one coming out is Ujin the Spirit Dragon. He was badass before, he still is badass, and the new art looks absolutely stunning. Um, Another one on the list is Azusa, Lost but Seeking. Again, the art on it is amazing, it's a great reprint, and I feel like this is gonna get a lot of play. So the next couple, we have Rewind, Reign of Relevation, and Tormund's Crypt. Again, I'll probably say this another few times, but the artwork is absolutely stunning on these. And full art versions of some of these cards, just amazing. Kudos to the Magic the Gathering art team. Um, the next one here is Runed Halo. And the last one, and I have to say this is one of my favorites, is the Solemn Simulacrum. The artwork for that is incredible, I'm so glad that they did a reprint of this, and I'm looking forward to finding a lot more cards from this set to go right into my decks. So that's all I have for this week, Um, so next week we'll probably talk a little bit about Pokemon, a little bit about some video games, and um, stay nerdy, and thanks for listening!